Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Praise the Lord, all the saints of God. Thank you this morning for thinking it not Robbie to join us this morning. Uh, all of our prayer warriors and intercessors praying those effectual fervent prayers that the righteous pray and we're seeing and hearing through our a lot of the testimonies and responses we're getting that God is answering those effectual fervent prayers. And we appreciate that. We thank our God this morning that he still loves us. Amen. Even though times seem tough and difficult and it seems that God is, 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 is not there sometimes because he don't always move uh, like we want him to move. But let me tell you something. He's always moving by his spirit. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. <clears throat> and just because sometimes things seem delayed, it does not mean God has denied those things. A lot of times he want to give us time to pause and think and consider some things. David called it Selah, mean pause right there and think. A lot of times that's kind of built into the plan of salvation. And uh, we have to know that God still loves us. That's why he does that sometime. Amen. So I'd like to welcome all of you this morning, prayer warriors and intercessors, gatekeepers, uh, our, our watchmen and women, uh, our prayer warriors, those who stand in the gap, those of us who uh, continue to stand on that wall, keep the bad out and keep the good in, praying that defense around them. Amen. And we are overcomers as a result of that. And we know the scripture says we overcome by the blood of the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, who was and is and who's to come again, according to the writings of the apostle John revealed to him, inspired by Jesus Christ and uh, given to us by him. Uh, amen. In the book of Revelation. So we thank God how he unveiled it. He, he revealed it to us and he's continually revealing things to us about his great plan so that we get out in front of things because we good, we know how things are going to turn out. And so we don't wait for the battle to be over. We begin to rejoice and praise God now, even though we deal with tough times and tough situations that are not always clear going in. That's why we have to walk by faith and not by sight and know that everything that happens to a believer, it's all working together for our good because God loves us. And knowing this, we'll never, ever be separated from the love of God. So we thank God this morning for all of you. It is Thursday morning, February the 27th. It's uh, 614 a.m. in the morning. And uh, we thank God this morning uh, for allowing us to be here again. I am Pastor Lester Hayes. Pastor Sharon Hayes, uh, Pastor Eric and Phoebe, our leaders, we'd like to all welcome all of you for coming back this morning and continuing to show your faithfulness because we must be found faithful in this little work that God has called us to do that's yielding great big results, that's reaching thousands out there so that they can be exposed uh, to the love of the Father. Amen. There's nothing greater than the love of the Father and to know that you are known by him and that he loves you in spite of our situations and circumstances. God still loves us. Amen. So welcome all of you back this morning. Thinking it not Robert to be here uh, this morning. I want to talk about maybe a little bit different approach to love this morning uh, that probably we're not aware of. And some of you might be aware of it, but I want to talk about love uh, this morning, the way the Lord gave it to me. And he was saying to me that tough love is still Jesus Christ's love, you know. And a lot of times people don't like to, have, to hear that, but tough love sometimes. I know some people think love is always to let you have your way and 
touchy-feely, sweetie-sweetie, I love you, you know I love you, with a smile on your face, hugs and kisses. But there's also a love that's called tough love, but it's still Jesus Christ's love. You know, love still means love. Love means love regardless of, you know, how it is administered and applied and given to us. It's still love when it comes from the Father. Amen. And tough love is a part of love. Uh, sometimes it's difficult to, 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 to tell people no when they're expecting a yes. But see, tough love sometimes will we'll say no. And it's tough to swallow a no sometimes when you have just been so banked on, so, you know, expectant of a yes. But God always knows what's best for us and everything he does is because he knows what's best for us. Amen. We don't know what's best for us. We think we do. And sometimes God have to let us know that tough love still means love. And so I want you to get that this morning, that tough love is still Jesus Christ's love. He still uses tough love. And, you know, and we need to understand that. And this morning, we're going to be talking a little bit out of the book of Revelation. And I want you to get that thought right there. Get it, get it in your heart this morning. We're going to look at some verses out of the book of Revelation, the third chapter. And we're going to see how he reveals this tough love to the church. And when I say tough love, I'm talking about a love, a, a kind of love that rebukes sometimes. It chastens sometimes. It is very intense at times. It also drives a person sometimes to repent. And sometimes, you know, a, you know, a firm hand or a stern word, you know, sometimes, you know, with a, with a wholehearted feeling of expression when you give it to people sometimes with, you know, with a little bit of, you know, a little bit of uh, intensity behind it drives people to repentance sometimes and causes them sometimes to be to take what you're saying more serious, just like we have to take what God is saying more serious, especially the church. We're living in an age right now and we're in the book of Revelation where we're seeing the seven churches of Asia Minor, five of them God has complained against, but he extends grace, even though he has complained against them, but they still receiving grace from God, correction from God, reproof from God, instruction from God in righteousness because God always deals with them. Even sometimes when he has a complaint against them, he's still deals with them in love because love means love. Tough love sometimes is still God's love. Amen. And uh, sometimes it's, it comes across as being so uh, so uh, ex ex extreme, uh, you know, with vigor and, 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 it, and sometimes it's just avid. It's just like hit you in the face and you just can't deny it. And we call that being zealous. You know, God is very zealous about what he says. You know, he's very avid about it, you know, a lot of times. And a lot of times we don't understand that aspect or that attribute of God. But we're going to look at these churches this morning in the third chapter, and we're going to kind of see uh, this in, in the word. And it should be, if it's in the word, it should be in the church. Amen. Because if your church is based on the, found, the foundation of the church is the word and the teaching of God, then all of these things should be taught in the church. They should be required in the church. They should be expected in the church because tough love sometimes, man, is what's needed at that time. And I believe myself that right now there is a need for a lot of t tough love. The Bible says that God chastens those whom he loves. He rebukes them. 
only because he loves them. Everything God does right now in his long suffering and his uh, delay from coming right now, I believe he's on his way, but uh, right now there's long suffering because God still wants everybody to repent and come to him. And so right now he's showing goodness, but he's showing goodness sometimes through tough love. And it's all to drive people to repent and come to him before his second coming because it shall happen suddenly. And then all we have left is the great white throne judgment. And so all of those who don't get in now might not have a chance when he appears suddenly. You know, we're just going to be caught up with him in the spirit and we'll be out of these old physical bodies and everybody be in the, in, in the spirit. And then all we can do is wait for the uh, judgment uh, to see who's going to enter into that second death. Amen. Some of us have already died uh, to the things of the world and to the things of the flesh. And we're right now alive to the things of the spirit. And we're walking not after the gratification of the pleasing of the flesh, but we're gratifying the spirit. Amen. And sometimes, you know, uh, that flesh causes us to do things where we have to be chastened or rebuked. And there's nothing like a rebuke or a chastening that comes from the father because he does it in love. He's expert. He's perfect at how to do, do that in love because his love is perfect. Amen. Even though sometimes it's tough, it's, it rebukes us. Sometimes, you know, it, it just, uh, you know, it's just so intense because he chastens us because he loves us. Amen. So let's go over here, man, to the third chapter of the book of Revelation. As we check in this morning, we want to pray our prayer. Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Well, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory. It all belongs to you. Holy Spirit, we thank you this morning. As we come to this line this morning, we ask you this morning to put us at ease this morning, knowing that because God loves us, sometimes that love is tough because God chastens those who he loves. He rebukes those he loves. And it's all sometimes to drive us to repent because we have fallen short of his glory. So, Father, we thank you that love still means love. Jesus Christ's love is still love, even though sometimes it, it, it is tough and it's difficult sometimes to understand. But we understand today that the application of tough love is required just like the application of all other types of love. So we thank you this morning. Sometimes it seems extreme. Sometimes it seems vigorous. Sometimes it seems avid. But Lord, we know you're chasing those whom you love. As the scripture teaches us, you rebuke us sometimes because it's all for our good. And we thank you that you do it out of love because love still means love. And so we thank you for that this morning. Amen. Holy Ghost, have your way now as we open up this word in the book of Revelation, uh, the third chapter. Amen. So let's go there real quick. Read a few verses here to you. And still, you have to understand right now, John is under the inspiration. The Apostle John is still under the inspiration, the leading and guiding in the direction <coughs> of the angel of the Lord which is Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost is, 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 you know, he's, he's using John right now, using his voice right now to communicate this message. I call it a love message, a love letter to the church. And we're going to look at real briefly three churches this morning uh, that he's writing this letter to. And one of those churches is a, is a dying church. We're going to look at that dying church. Sometimes the dying church 
Uh, God loves it so much, he'll use tough love to keep it from dying. Amen. And sometimes it's dying because of lack of love, a lack of understanding love, a lack of understanding what's required. You know, but God will not let his church die. He would rather come in and save it first, chasing it, do whatever he needs to do to correct it and get it restored and get it back, you know, being vibrant and, and, and living up to uh, what God desires in that church. Amen. And so he has all against churches uh, for that reason. He does not want his church to die, but he wants his church to live and represent him in the earth. So we're going to look at this dying church. Amen. Uh, this morning. And then we're going to look at uh, a loyal church, what a loyal church is. And then we're going to look at a lukewarm church. And then we'll probably close out by looking at um, uh, this last type of church, which is, uh, yeah, that's it, a lukewarm church. So we're going to look at those three churches this morning. So let's get in here to Revelation real quick, the third chapter, and check out this letter that uh, John is writing this morning. Uh, to the church of Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And we know the church of Philadelphia out of these three churches is the one church that God, one of the other churches beside the church of Smyrna that God did not have a claim against them. He had no problem with them, even though they still had some work to do, but he still loved them, amen. But the church of, of Sardis and the church of Laodicea, you know, they experienced some tough love because the Lord loved them he rebukes them. He chastens them because he's trying to drive them to repent. Go ahead and repent so you don't continue to die. And so you don't continue, you know, to be uh, a disloyal or unloyal church or unfaithful church to the Lord. Amen. And so let's look at this verse one right here. Uh, John says, and unto, well, this is the Lord speaking. It's in red in my Bible. And I'm reading out of the King James Bible and for a lot of you out there, I only use one source when I'm when I'm giving you word. I, I, I use the King James Bible. This is a chain reference Bible. So you can look at all the chain references of scriptures of how what I'm talking about applies across the board from Genesis to Revelation. So I use the King James Bible. This is this is not the new King James. This is not the Amplified, the NIV or all those other translations. This is the Holy King James Bible. That's what I teach out of. Amen, because I don't want you running all over the place thinking you got to go out here and spend all your money buying all these Bibles to trace what I'm saying. I do not want to confuse you, but I want to bring you to one source so when you go verify anything I'm saying, you know where to go look. Amen, because I don't want you verifying what I'm saying. You looking over there in another translation and it don't jive and you're saying, well, wait a minute, my Bible say this, but he said that. So I'm teaching out of the King James Bible and any teaching I do on this line, it'll all come out of the King James Bible. And if I change up, I would tell you I'm teaching out of the Amplified or the NIV. But I, 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 I do that in my personal reading so I can make a comparison. But when I come on this line to teach, I'm teaching out of the King James Bible. Amen. So let's go here in the third chapter and let's look at verse one. It says, and unto the angel of the church of Sardis or in Sardis, write these things, saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. And I know thy works that thou hath a name that thou liveth and art dead. You have a name that you live it, but what you live in don't match up, you know, what, 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 what God requires of you is what he's saying there. So you're kind of dead to the things of God. And God wants you to be alive because you are a church in the earth, Sardis, and God got all against you. So let's look at a little bit more of this right here in verse two. He says, be watchful and strengthen. 
Okay. He said, these things which remain that are ready to die, but I have not found thy works perfect before God. So he's done Now, now look, look how straightforward this message is. You know, the Lord is letting them know. I have not found that work, man, pleasing, you know, but because I love you, I got to be straight with you. I got to let you know this may be disheartening to you, but I'm praying and hoping that this, 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 this vigor, this, 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 this uh, avidness that I'm showing as I'm saying this to you is going to drive you to come alive and pay attention and pause and take this serious and contemplate what you're doing. Amen. Verse three, he goes on to say here that remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief and thou shalt not know what hour I will come unto thee. And so he's warning them, man, because he loves them. This is tough right here, man. You're a church. You think you got something going on there. But when it comes down to the things of God, God is saying, no, I'm not pleased with what I see you doing. You know, I know that I, I know John is telling you what I said. I know he's giving you my instructions. I know he's telling you what is required, but you're not doing what thus said the Lord. You know, you're not keeping my commandments. You're not obeying me. You are my church. You are my representative. You are my ambassadors. You're supposed to be dealing in truth with the people, leveling with the people. You're not supposed to be taking the people, overtasking the people. You're not supposed to have the people serving you. You're supposed to be serving the people. You misrepresented God. So I have ought with you. You are dying church for that reason. And I don't want you to die. You're my bride. I want you to represent me, to be reflective of me. As I am, so are you supposed to be in the earth. You know, so he's speaking to them, but this is tough love, man. You know, he said, look here, you don't have, you don't get no special passes because you're a church. I require more of you to not do those that are unchurched. But you living like, you know, the children of this age is more wiser than you who are the children of light. He said, there's got to be a distinction there. You, you got to, you know, you got to come out and separate yourself and you got to be sanctified unto the Lord. My word is truth and it's sanctified. Where's your sanctification? Where's your justification? Where's your regeneration? Where's your, 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 where's the newness of life? You know, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Not some things. You don't pick and choose here. So this is tough love, man, but it still means love. Amen. Let's go a little further. Look at verse four. And he says, thou had a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. So he said everybody in the church is not, you know, is not corrupt. It's just some. He said, but I have a few in there that are keeping their robes spotted. You know, from from keeping them, uh, you know, spotted from unspotted from the world, because I don't want no spots or no wrinkles when I come to get my church. And there are some people in there who who get it. They understand it. And for the sake of them, you know, that few faithful, you know, I'm willing right now to deal with you and, and chasing you and rebuke you and require you to repent and return back to your first love. You know, I'm not cutting you no slack. I don't have no favorites. I want you to walk with God. I want you to act like you're saved. I want you to be spotless. Your righteousness to be spotless. You know, because, you know, there are those out there who are trying to create their own righteousness, which is no righteousness at all. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. It will leaven it the whole lump. 
You know, he said, but I, I'm, 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 I'm mindful because I, I do this for the sake of those few that are the robes are still right, white, uh, you know, and they're still, you know, holding on to their faith. They're still being found faithful. They're still being faithful over a few things. And the Lord said, for, for, for those righteous few, you know, I'm going to save the church. Amen. Just like he told Abraham, Abraham said, Lord, if there be 50 righteous. He said, if there be 50 righteous, I'll save the city. Well, Lord, if he got all the way down to 10. And Lord said, if there be 10 righteous, I'll save the city. He even told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, go into Jerusalem. If you find one righteous person, I'll save the city. And so God always looks at that faithful few, man, and, and, and he works from there because he said, if there can be one, there can be many, you know, because one can put a thousand and two, ten thousand. Two is always better than one. Amen. And when two or three are there, the Lord will come in the midst because he wants to be able to save the whole house. You know, and except the Lord build the house, Psalms 127, 1 through 3 says, except the Lord build the house, they that labor to build it labor in vain. Amen. Because, you know, love sometimes can be tough, but it's still love. Verse 5, he says, he that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, speaking to the rest of those in the church that he got all against, and I would not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. All he's saying is, look here, if you turn this thing around, you will overcome like the rest of them and you'll receive the same reward. You know, I have no respect to person. If you repent like they repented, I'm going to do everything in my power as God to be able to chasten you, rebuke you, to drive you with my goodness, my good spirit. I'm not here to try to destroy you right now, but I will that you repent, that you be saved, that you come out of darkness into my marvelous light and join my family, says God, you know, so that I can restore your righteousness. I can restore you too. You know, that's the kind of God I am. This is like the only opportunity you get right now. Hey, backsliders, I'm married to you. You know, I'm married to you, prodigal sons and daughters. You can shake your the, 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 yourself off, come, come to your right mind, and you can return back to your father's house, to your first love. You know, that's what I'm doing this for. I'm chasing you. I'm rebuking you. I'm being tough, but it still means that I love you, says the Lord. I'm not trying to destroy you. I'm trying to make sure your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Do you want your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? That's what it's all about. Amen. Rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. That's more important than anything, you know, anything, you know. And then he goes on in verse 6. He says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, and that's capital Spirit, so that is the Spirit of the church, which is the Holy Spirit, which is God's Spirit speaking, saith unto the churches. So you got to have a hearing ear to hear what he's saying because he's teaching us. <coughs> now is the hour that we're being taught. <clears throat> we're living in the dispensation now of knowledge, of grace, of the Spirit. There's coming a dispensation where we're going to be judged. Right now, it's about getting knowledge because people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that knowledge is tough, man. It's tough to swallow. But it's because God loves us and he's right now chastening us, trying to get us to repent 
and come back to him or turn back to him. And he said, you got to have a hearing ear, though, and because the spirit of God is teaching. Right. Remember, the spirit of truth going to teach us all things. John 14, chapter 14, 20 verses 26 and on. He talks about I'm going to pray to the father that he send a comforter, a counselor, which is the spirit of truth. He's going to come and teach you all things, bring all things back to your remembrance that I said unto you, church, and show you things to come. But you got to have a spiritual ear to hear. Look at the love of the father in that statement. You got to have a spiritual ear to hear what the spirit of God is teaching to the churches. Amen. Verse seven, he says, here is another one of those churches, loyal church. But, you know, God sees some things here that need to be brought to their attention. Seven, he says, verse seven, he says, and to the angel of the church of Philadelphia or church in Philadelphia, write these things, saith he that is holy. He that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth and no man openeth. So now he's, he's singling this church out. What he's saying is, I see perfection in you. I see your hunger and your desire for perfection to do it right. I see that you have a problem with, with, with sin. Therefore, you're striving to live a sinless life before me. We see that you have respect for he that is true. Talking about God, Jesus said, I'm the truth. I'm the way, I'm the life. No man comes to the Father except me. They know this. They have been taught this. He tells them right there that he, they know that God is truth. They know he's not a man that he should lie. So he's seeing this in this loyal church. He calls it a loyal church. He says, and I see you respect Christ's authority because, see, that's what David taught about, you know. David taught about God's authority, even though David fell short, but he still respected God's authority. Why? Because God said, David is a man after my own heart. I've given you preachers after my own heart. You know why? It's because like David, they understand God is the only authority that matters. That's why David was so repentant in Psalm 51 and so repentant in his writing of these letters because he understood there are some things that I would never do again because David paid an awesome price. You know, but he repented, got right with God. Psalm 51, he's repenting there. He's saying, God, I'm never going to do that again. I lost my baby. I killed my friend Uriah, took his wife, tried to help start a family with, 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 with Bathsheba. It did not work. My son tried to kill me and take my throne. He raped his sister. You know, all these things, you know. And David now is understanding that God has all power and authority. And God chastened David as a result of that. Sent the prophet to him, the, the prophesied to him, Nathan, that, hey, David, you're that man. You're the one. You're the one. You're saying what should happen to that person. You're the one. It's happening to you, too. God chastens you and rebuking you, too. You're the king, David, but you're messed up. But God is going to deal with you in tough love because love means love. God is not some Indian person to tell you one thing and do something else as we use that language, Indian giver. That's not God. That's not God. You know, and I think a lot of you know what that language, what they're saying when they use that language. God don't give you something and take it back. God don't bless you and then turn around and curse you. He would rather do whatever he needs to do to chasten you, rebuke you, trying to get you to repent. And if time run out on you, then guess what? All you have left is a judgment. Now is the only time to come to him and receive that forgiveness, receive that chasing and receive that rebuke and repent. Even though it may be advent, it may be vigorous, it may be intense, you know, but it's tough love. It still means love. So let's go a little further here. Verse eight, he said, I know thy works, 
Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept, listen to this, my word, and have not denied my name. That's why God loved the church of Philadelphia, and he had no fault against it, for that reason right there. Uh, you know, they had knowledge of him. You know, they opened the door to people to hear the gospel, uh, hadn't heard it before. And that's what the church is supposed to be doing. Open their doors and preach and teach the gospel and invite everybody to come in. Remember, David wrote in 84 and 10, Psalms 84 and 10. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tent of the wicked. Why? So he can open the door wide and let them come in because God had opened the door. David wanted them to come in, invite everybody to come in so they could worship God. You know, so that they could worship God. They could hear about God. They could be taught about God because that's where the knowledge of God should always be in the church. And he said, I'm giving you ear to hear, you know, what the spirit is saying. I'm speaking in the church and to the church. He's speaking here in the church of Philadelphia, church of love, brotherly love. And he goes on in verse nine. He says, behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not. But do lie, behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee, that I have loved thee, that I have loved thee. This is tough love, y'all, but it still means love. It's tough love, but it still means love. And look at what God is going to say he's going to do for those. Remember now, you have some in the church, he says that their robes are still white. But you have some that are not. But guess what he's going to do? He's going to turn those who are not into the synagogue of Satan. Why would God do that? So that they can see the difference between the love of the father and the things that the father have ought against. And hopefully it would drive them to repent. That's called tough love because love means love even when it chastens, rebukes, okay, and it says no. And then God says, I have, a, I have an issue with that. Amen. He has a way he wants to do things. Verse 10, he says, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, also I will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them mm, 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 that dwell upon the earth. Notice what he said now, not to destroy them, but to try them, to test them to see if they're going to repent and come back to me. That's what he's saying. Return back to me. I'm going to try you. You know, I'm going to chase you. I'm going to rebuke you. Okay. But I'm going to be tough on you too now until you get it right. Because I have no respect to person. I'm not a partial God. I treat everybody the same way. I love everybody. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So you see what he's saying right there, man. He's saying, look here, you know, you know, you got you got to keep my word, you know, because I honor my word and I promised you. Amen. I promised you, you know, and I'm going to be faithful who promised. I'm not a man that I should lie. Verse 11, he says, behold, I come quickly. Hold thy fast which thou hast that no man take thy crown. He's warning them right there, man, for those, those with white robes in the church, God is saying, you hold fast. Don't you let nobody take your crown. Don't you let nobody from the synagogue of Satan come in here, man, with no deception, no lies, no false prophecies and false teaching. 
and trick you. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. You know, beware of the righteousness of the Pharisees because there's no righteousness at all. Don't go about following people trying to create their own righteousness. You know, you stick with the teachings of God. You stick with the word of God because God is going to honor his word. Verse 11, he says, behold, I come quickly. He's saying, pay attention now to what's being said here, that my second coming is it's going to happen. Get ready for it. Prepare for it. That advent, that second advent is going to take place. You can't stop it. You know, it's going to happen. He goes on to say, so, so get ready for it. Amen. Be watchful. Be prayerful. Persevere in, 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 in good works and righteousness. Don't lose your spiritual crown. Be an overcomer. Amen. You are a temple of God. Okay. No good, uh, no, no uh, ungodly thing shall dwell in you. No unclean thing. So keep your temple uh, spotless, unspotted with the things of the world. And, and, and be ready to take life's test and pass them because I'm, 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 I'm testing you. I'm not trying to destroy you. Yeah. I'm testing you. you got to be found faithful, yeah. you know, because this is still my love. You know, you know, verse 11, he says, again, behold, I come quickly. Hold thy fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. 12, he says, him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, okay, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. Remember, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, whole all things have become new. And a lot of people sometimes get freaked out because people teach out of revelation and this is the, and, and this is a, a, a misunderstanding that there's going to be a chip put in people's palms and in their hands and in their forehead and all of that the 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 the, the, the mark he's talking about is your mind he's going to mark your mind you're going to write on the tablets of your heart the word of god that's how you're going to be known you know, when the, when when the evil one comes from the synagogue of Satan, when 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 that angel of light appear and gonna challenge you in the in the last days, he said in the end times, and then your brain, you are gonna have the mind of Christ Jesus. Your mind is gonna be marked with the Word of God. It's gonna be renewed with the Word of God. That's the mark that's gonna be on you. It's not some chip under your skin. It's not some card that it, you're not. It's not that. It's not. It's nothing physical. It's spiritual. It means your mind have been renewed. It's been endowed with truth. It's been changed. It's not the same mind. Your thoughts have come in agreement with Him. That's the mark He's talking about. Gonna be on my Christian. That's the signature. That's how you're gonna be known. You know, the mark of the cross is gonna be in your mouth and on your tongue. That's what Paul said. I spoke with the tongue of the learned. Why? I've got, I carried the marks. I bear the marks of him, you know, in my, in my mind and in my conversation and in my life and in my spirit. That's the mark he's talking about right there. That's going to be determined whose we are when he comes. That's what he's going to be looking for. Amen. Those are the overcomers right there that shall bear his name, a new name. You know, a new seal on your life, you know, a new language, you know, old things are gone. 13, he says, he that hath an ear, let him hear, says this again, what the spirit saith unto the churches. 14, he says, and unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans, write these things, saith the, saith the amen, talking about Jesus Christ, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. So now he's talking to this self-satisfied, lukewarm church. 
He's shifting his conversation right here because they're lukewarm. This is the church of Laodicea. He's letting them know, I have an ought with you. You're not like the church of Philadelphia. You're, you're a lukewarm church. And he said, I'd rather you be lukewarm. I'd rather you be hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm because I will spew you out. You know, I would chasten you. I will rebuke you only to get you to repent. Amen. So let's read a couple more verses here and uh, bring this on in. He says, I know thy work that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. There it is. 16. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Mm, mm, mm. Verse 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods. I have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched, that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. 18. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire that thou mayest be rich and right white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that thou that the shame that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve that thou mayest see. 19, here it is. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and I will sup with him and he with me. 21, to him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame. And I am set down with my father in his throne. And he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches. Fathers, we come to this juncture right now, God. We understand that love means love and tough love sometimes brings rebuke. It brings chastening. But Father, it's all that we might repent and return back to our first love. Yes. We thank you this morning and we praise you this morning for just allowing us to understand and to see, Father God, in the word of God, the other side of love, Lord God, that we not, Father God, be so quick sometimes to depart, Lord God, from our first love. We thank you, Father, that you have taken these three churches through your your, your apostle John, and you've allowed him, Lord God, through the help of the Holy Spirit to speak to the church. And you've commanded that we should have ear to hear what the spirit is saying to the church, that you chasten those whom you love, that you rebuke them, Lord God, because, Father, you want them to repent and return back to you, Lord God. Even the backslider, Lord God, you say you're still married to, Lord God. Even the prodigal son and the daughters that are out there right now wavering, oh, Lord God, going about, Lord God, uh, uh, accumulating things in this world, trying to find their place, Lord God. But, Father, we pray in, in the name of Jesus that some kind of way that, Father God, that they would uh, be touched by your love, Lord God. And Father, they will be brought to a place, Lord God, where they will pause just long enough to reconsider and to think for a minute, Lord God, that uh, and consider their ways and return back to their first love. And yeah. some for the first time, Lord, will cry out and ask for forgiveness because God, you're all about repentance. And you say when a person repents, Lord God, they turn away from the things of this world and they turn to you, Lord God, because you said love not this world, love not the things... <laughs> 
<coughs> of this world, but love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, Lord God, and love your neighbors as yourself. You said you want to be the first love, Lord God, and then you want us to love others. By this you say when we love the brethren, pray for them. Those who persecute us shall men and women know that you are my disciples. And so, Father, we thank and praise you this morning for all those out there, Lord God, and on the podcast out there this morning that hear this message, that they will know, God, that love means love, even though sometimes we're chastened, we're rebuked, Lord God, we're reproved, we're corrected, we're instructed in righteousness, all because you want us to come back to you, Lord God, while the breath is still warm in our bodies, while the door is still open, Lord God, while the gospel is still being preached, while your name is still be lifted up, while your people are still having a chance to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the churches. And Father, help us to come away from being lukewarm. Help us to be hot on fire. <coughs> or help us to be cold, Lord God, but not to be lukewarm, that you might spew us out, Lord God, as vomit. We just thank you and we praise you, Lord God. Help us now to deal with the spots and the wrinkles, oh God, but help us to deal with them in love, to know, God, that you chasten those whom you love. You said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. What you're telling us, Father, is this, that sometimes the application of your love requires us to make extreme decisions to return to the Father or to come out of the world and be separate and to come to you, Lord God, and receive your love, even though sometimes it's tough love, it still means love. So we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. Many are going through right now, Lord, because they're kicking against the prick like Paul did. Many right now, Lord God, are doing what David did, Lord God, uh, be, 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 being betrayed and, and being deceived and being taken advantage of when they don't have to, Lord God, because there is a better way. Only if we would hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Give ear out there, Father, so this message can be heard today. And for those that are out there right now, Lord God, that are lukewarm, straddling the fence, mm -hmm. that they'll make a decision today. I'm returning back to my Father because love still means love. It's tough love, but it, it's still love nevertheless. And so, Father, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor right now. We're praying for repentance right now. We're praying for the overcomers right now, Lord. We're praying for those that will overcome right now by the love of the Father this morning, Lord God, that is going out to them right now. In Jesus' wonderful name, we give you all the praise, we give you all the glory, and we give you all the honor this morning because you are worthy to be praised. And we thank you this morning, and we praise you this morning, Father. Wretched we are, God, naked, miserable, blind, but, Father, we turn to you this morning, poor in spirit, Lord God. We turn to you this morning, Lord God, Father, to experience your love. Even though it's tough, it still means love. We give you the praise for it now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. <laughs>